Alright guys, what's up? Welcome back. It's another podcast. I haven't done one of these in a while, so it's your boy Crump Diddy. Today I'm actually going to get a little personal here. Uh, Don't mind the kids in the background because um, it's Sunday and it's my turn to babysit. I want to talk about a few things here. And um, one of them is basically going to be, I know for a fact, we got to hit up the depression topic. That's one thing that um, lately I've been kind of more open about. Um, For those of you who don't know, and I'm pretty sure nobody knows, so that's kind of a good statement to start off with, is that since I was a kid, um, at least as far back as I can remember me first feeling this way, is that I've always kind of suffered through depression. And now I just kind of, as a kid, growing up into like, you know, teenage years and puberty years or whatever in high school, I was just really good at hiding it because of the fact that, you know, I'm a 90s kid, you know, so uh, I don't know, in that generation, I think we kind of used to make fun of it in a certain way, like, you know, we would kind of make fun of people with depression by saying, uh, oh, you're emo, or you just be one of those typical emo kids, those gothic kids, you know, like, we would just, it was like a stigma, like, if you're depressed, you're emo and you're weak, like, that's just kind of like the, the immaturity of it back then growing up you know since it was so much of a stigma and so much to make fun of and i'm looking back on it it's like really messed up and wrong but that's just kind of how it was when you know all the all the friends got together and that's just how it was in school and you know it's kind of like if you were depressed and emo and sensitive you were just basically kind of roasted i mean it's just you know and i'm pretty sure that's in every generation I, i can't speak for all the generations i just know that in my generation that was like a common like joke like you know so you kind of had to hide your feelings a lot so you know I always suffered from depression and most of it was just my brain kind of just telling me you know that nobody really likes you you're not really loved people are just using you you know people are just trying to get something out of you like just telling you nonsense you know and it's just hard because it's like when it's coming from your own brain something that's like native to your body you know you basically sometimes if you're caught off guard you're gonna actually believe it and it brings you down you know i don't know if the depression stems from the fact that i never knew my dad and then i had a stepdad and i had an uncle and like two potential father figures that were really growing on me eventually just walk out you know and i don't know maybe just growing up with friends who did have fathers and things of that nature and kind of just every father's day just being like fuck what do i do you know so it's basically it's one of those things where it's kind of like you know it just maybe that's where it stemmed from i don't know the exact roots but if i had to try to take a wild guess i'm going to kind of pinpoint towards that but i noticed one thing with depression and that is that one of the things they always tell you to do is you know oh you're not alone reach out and that's for a very long time is something i never did and i noticed that once i became a father you know years into being a father um, I'm, you know, I'm close, close about like a, almost two years shy of being 10 years as a father. I noticed that I just started sucking and hiding it. You know, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and I'm just like with more stress and my mind is preoccupied that I don't have the energy and, and time to hide it as good as I did. I don't know what it is, but it's, if it's the age or I'm a father or I'm busy, but I just suck at hiding and people just started noticing it. And so, you know, people would ask me questions, but you know, one thing I noticed is that when you start reaching out, And I'll reach out like more of an artistic point of view. I'll write lyrics and poems, you know, make little silly songs with my guitar. 
things of that nature. Once I start like talking about it on the phone with people or posting stuff like on Instagram, you know, I know I don't like Instagram, but I figured if you know if, if it's one way to to reach out artistically, you know, why not everybody uses it? Um, if you're gonna post something on there, it's because you want attention from it, so you might as well post things that you're passionate about or that you think are a good way of expressing uh, of expression, like a form of expression. So. I start posting stuff and naturally people, you know, the people who give a shit reach out is one thing I noticed about depression is that when you reach out, you'll you'll see right off the back who actually gives a shit about you. Like who actually really is going to take the time to stop what they're doing and be like, yo, wait a minute, hold up. This guy's kind of been saying some weird stuff and kind of like posting some weird stuff that I'm not really familiar with and I'm taking it a certain way. I don't want him to do anything to himself because, you know, let's face it, depression is also always, always linked to suicide. And I'm not suicidal, you know. Uh, I think just like every other person who suffers from depression, the thought of, like, not wanting to be here tomorrow does sound attractive sometimes. But, like, I'm not suicidal. I believe people who are suicidal, when they're just going to kill themselves, they just do it. They don't tell anybody, you know. And that's just my opinion. But I know for a fact, you know, I got friends and family and kids, you know, things that I got too much to lose to take that route and i know there's people who have had all that and still do it but once again like i said if you're really suicidal you don't tell anybody you just do it so um i don't know it's just so i i I noticed in the month of june a lot has happened to me you know and i i don't want to get into exact details about it but uh let's just say i thought uh i thought you know there was somebody that i was talking to somebody i met and i thought i was gonna go somewhere and that person just kind of just abandoned me. So it was just kind of like, I guess that whole source of abandoning <laughs> kind of just triggered like an old school uh, depression thing. Because, you know, abandonment, it kind of just like links to it. But, you know, I noticed that people were reaching out and I would tell them about what happened. Very few people know about it. I would tell them what's going on. And then like, you know, you just kind of just feel like amazed you feel happy of the people that are reaching out like the things they tell you so many people reached out and a lot of people i didn't even expect to reach out you know and then it's kind of sad because the people i thought would reach out never did you know and you know whatever it happens you know maybe they're busy or whatever maybe they just haven't gotten around so i don't know but you know you figured if the people you least expected took the time out of their day you know, to reach out, why wouldn't the people that you would expect, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a silly equation, but depression is serious, man, and the one thing I can tell people out there is, uh, you know, not to say the cliche statement, but you're not alone, you know, reach out any way you can, you know, my thing was, I wasn't going to call people, you know, I wasn't going to call a thousand people and, you know, and just keep repeating the same story, I just started doing things that made me feel better, you know, like writing poems and lyrics and like playing silly stuff on the guitar, like to kind of just let it out, like vent the steam. And I would post it and people would reach out to me. And so that's kind of like how it just somehow, some way just worked. And I, I kind of feel a lot better. You know, I still kind of go through my little episodes, but they're a lot easier to maintain now because, you know, you have people constantly, I mean, constantly every day I have, you know, at least about three, maybe five people reaching out a day. Uh, that's been the average that I've been kind of looking at, just kind of checking up on me and stuff, you know. And it makes you feel good knowing that people legitimately just want to know, hey, are you okay, you know. Uh, and so I think that is something that makes a difference. I mean, I'm and I'm probably telling a lot of people what they already know, but if you suffer through depression and you're down about something or something's been really just kind of putting your life on hold, 
reach out any way you can, any way that you feel comfortable that you know people would be able to understand or see it or or, or, or hear it, you know, do it, you know, even if it's to traditional phone calls. I mean, just reach out, man. I'm telling you, you don't know what you're missing out on, you know. Um, another thing I want to talk about is, you know, uh, there's, you know, a lot of relationships usually don't end well. Um, a lot of times, you know, you look at relationships now and you see them, they're kind of like charity. They're almost like a, like a, like a, an extra chore to do around the house. And I, 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 I've been hearing a lot, a lot of relationships coming to an end recently. And, um, you know, just me going through one of them. And I noticed the thing about relationships is that people nowadays don't really take the time to get to know somebody. They don't. Nobody really. I mean, it's not like back in the day, you know, at least compared to from the stories that I've had heard from old people, from old couples that have been together, you know, 40, 50 years. You know, it's like I've, I've met so many old couples and it just never fails, man. The, the, the advice that they always give, it's just too many old couples saying the same exact thing for it not to be somewhat true. And that is that nobody really takes the time to get to know somebody. You know, and that's the issue that I see going on a lot today. You know, people get with somebody, they fall in love, or at least they think they fall in love too quickly. They're confusing love maybe with lust or comfort or like, you know, I don't know, something. But they're not really taking the time to get to know that person. Then what ends up happening is they tie the knot or they have a kid, you know, or they move in. They do something very like serious relationship type oriented it. And then they come to find out who that person really is. And here's the thing about it. When you have issues with somebody, let's say you made the mistake and you moved too fast. You know, you either tied the knot, had a kid, or moved in. You name it. You've done any of those three, right? And let's say you now, you know, a couple years into you now start discovering certain things. Or, you, or certain things have always kind of been there, but you pushed aside because you didn't want that to affect your, your new honeymoon stages of love. You know, now that that honeymoon stage is over, like those little things that you kind of tried to ignore as best you could now are starting to really get to you, you know, or problems that happen once you both have a kid, because let's face it, when you have a kid, it changes everything. Newer problems that were never a problem before started happening. Or you actually, things that you didn't normally care about before, now you start caring about because there's a kid involved. Like these things are detrimental to relationships. And the one thing I noticed is that, you know, if you're in that predicament where you didn't take the time to get to know somebody, and to really understand their identity and their character, and you're kind of fucked now with the consequences, the one thing you got to do is really just sit down and have an honest conversation with that person and really discuss, hey, look, these are the issues that I have with you. I would like you to tell me the issues you have with me. Let's just be brutally honest and see if there's any way we can come to a middle ground. Because if not, unfortunately, we have to end this. And I think that's the problem, too, is that, you know, people... A lot of times they're not willing, you know, people who already fucked up and made that mistake of kind of rushing into something, you know, instead of they're trying to do damage control rather than just kind of find a solution. People are not willing to sit down and try to find common ground. And then another thing is, let's say they do sit down and find common ground when they realize that there is no common ground. It's just not going to work. They don't end it there. 
So that's the problem is they don't end it because they have so many reasons of them holding it back, either financial difficulties when they know that if they were both separate, they wouldn't make it on their own or because they feel bad because of the kid or they feel like, oh, my God, we find we signed the lease or we kind of had all these financial obligations we agreed to. And this is just going to look bad on our credit. So many excuses that everyone naturally puts on the table. And the thing about it is, is that the first step is actually addressing the problem as soon as it becomes a a problem that you cannot take anymore you need to address it and and this is my advice because like i said i just been through a separation and these are the things a lot of older couples had told me about and i didn't listen you know um as soon as you find the problem you got to address it you have to address the problem and you have to see if there's going to be a middle ground and if there's no middle ground then unfortunately you have to end it I know it sounds terrible. For some people, it's like, no, but wait a minute. Like, other people, it's other couples and marriages always have problems. This is fine. No, 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 no. Just because it's normal to argue in a, in a relationship, especially in a marriage, doesn't mean that it's normal to not fix the problems that are causing these arguments, that are causing this separation, you know? Whether it's because the in-laws getting in the way, whether it's because of jealousy, whether it's because of just, I don't know, anger management, lying, cheating, stealing, all these things, whatever the problem is. If there's a problem and you're not going to solve it, whether it's finding a solution or realizing that that person doesn't want to solve it, you know, you got to either end it or solve the problem right there to where it's never a problem again. But that's the thing. A lot of couples just kind of let things slide or kind of just like, eh, it's marriage, it's kids, it's life. That's just how it happens. Eh." And you're just making excuses. And what happens is it's a snowball that keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. The longer you wait to fix the problem or end it, the more devastating it is. And guess who's the one that feels it the worst? And that is, aside from yourself, the victim or whoever or both of you, if you have a kid or kids, they're the ones that are front row and they get the, the blast from it the most. A lot of people will try to deny, try to come up with some scientific explanation as to why that's not true. Actions speak louder than words. So that's my advice about couples. And like people, sometimes you think you know them, but you really don't. And take your time to really get to know somebody. And really, if you've been with somebody for a couple of years and you're starting to have problems you know, now, recently, out of nowhere, when it wasn't before a problem, whether because it stems from the kids or it stems because it was an issue you guys never really talked about before, now that you're talking about it, it's triggering problems. Regardless of what it is, if you're having an issue right now, here's the thing, man. You really got to understand that you have the opportunity to fix it. You should always try to fix it first. And if not, you got to end it. You know, um, that's just how it is. Because life's too short. Why waste the years of your life that you have? You never know if tomorrow's never promised on something that's just not making you happy anymore. You know, give it a chance. Try to fix it. But if it doesn't work, end it. And that's the problem that goes back to my thing is when you meet somebody, take your time. If it's meant to be, it will work out. If they, If it's meant to be, they will stick around and have the patience to get through it. You sometimes in life you will be surprised. You would be surprised on who you actually end up being with that makes you happy. You will be surprised. Sometimes it's the person you least expected. Sometimes it's somebody that's just a friend that you've known for a while. And guess what? If it's somebody you've known for a while, then that's half the homework done already for you. 
You know, sometimes it's a random stranger that you just met and you just started talking and you just started hanging out with friends without even the intention of making it something else. And then just naturally, just affections grew randomly. Sometimes it's the things you least expect or it's the things that come out of nowhere. Sometimes it's the most unusual circumstances that bring people together. But regardless of what it is, take your time. And I really feel like that those old people that have always said that all these old couples I met throughout my life that have always said the same exact bullshit. I think they're on to something. Take your fucking time. But if you've already made that mistake and rushing, you still have hope to fix your problems. And if not, you got to be honest with yourself. You know, um, 